Welcome to Waking Up From Breaking Up, the podcast all about breakups with real experiences with ordinary and everyday people. My name is Ira J and I'm your host. So today we are talking about the founder of Esmeralda SOS. Her name is B. Um, I'm super excited about this. Esmeralda SOS is a company that sells pleasure toys. Uh, it's well let me just read what they say on on the website esmeralda sos are luxury toys designed for moments of wellness and pleasure so it's about finding the goddess in you i'm so excited for that um growing up as a filipino female or filipina uh with a roman catholic mother um i believe sex was bad (laughs) and that I wasn't technically allowed to have a boyfriend till I was 18 and that I had to wait till marriage to have sex. And so I never really grew up talking about sex or pleasure or especially not pleasuring myself. That was a no-no. And so I am excited that B started this company knowing that she had come from a very similar, probably more strict background than I did. So, and, you know, starting your own business and being an entrepreneur is hard to begin with, but for her, there was um, an extra level of personal advancement and growth that she had to go through for her to pursue this kind of endeavor. So we talk about that. Um, and we talk about her journey of breaking up with her religious beliefs of about sex and, and sexuality and kind of releasing shame and guilt for her to, to find her true self and for her to start this business. How we grow up shapes how we perceive the world. And in this case, you know, how we perceive in B's case, it's how we, how she perceived sex and sexuality. But really, as adults, we get a choice whether the values that we were taught growing up resonates with us or not. If it doesn't, you can change the tra- trajectory of your life. And that's exactly what B did. And um, and so let's just get into it. But um, a pre-warning. And please excuse my dog barking in the background. Um, He gets really excited when we say toys and which we do a lot in the interview. Honestly, after this interview or after this podcast episode, he is not going to be the only one excited when we when we say toy or pleasure toys. (laughs) So, yeah, please excuse. You will hear him barking several times. But, you know, this is what happens when. This is my, I think B was my second interview. And so I was still kind of learning. And, you know, to be honest, I still am learning. This is recorded in my home. So, yeah, be patient. Um, he he adds a, an extra flair into the podcast. So, yeah, thank you for listening. And stay tuned uh, at the very end for a reflection section. All right. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, so you're half Irish, half 
Mexican. Mm-hmm. So you grew up very religious. I did. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like I'm Filipino. So I grew up Roman Catholic mm-hmm. and talking about like, if I go to church now, I'll probably like self-combust. <laughs> <laughs> like my mom is very, I would say she's fairly religious and we used to go to church. She, um, would only make me go to church in like special events because like Easter and Christmas, cause I would mm-hmm. fall asleep, <laughs> but uh, I'm not a very religious person, but I know growing up with a mother who had religious values, it was very difficult for me, especially when I was quote unquote dating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what, what was it like being at home? So similar to you, Ira, uh, it was hard for me growing up, especially when I was dating when I was younger. Um, but it started a lot earlier than when we were, than when I started dating boys, because I started dating boys when I was quite young. Oh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> and you grew up in Ireland, right? Grew up in Ireland. So mom's Mexican. Dad mm. is Irish. Dad went to uh, many boarding schools, all very Catholic, run by nuns. And then mom, her dad is actually not a preacher, but he works in a temple. Um, so they would have been super holy as well, that side of the family, um, like till this day. Um, and yeah, growing up would have been super strict at home in the house. You know, we would be going to mass most Sundays, definitely for all the events. You know, we did our communion, confirmation, you know, confirmation. I'm not too sure. Well, you'd be familiar with it. Yeah, being yeah, Roman yeah, Catholic. yeah, I mean, yeah. You're there. Oh, I think I did it. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you should remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, this is why I, if I go to a church, I'll self-combust. <laughs> okay. So you did all that? Yeah, did all that. And I mean, at an early age, I kind of learned like, okay, boys, they're, you don't go anywhere near them because if you go near them, you're going to get pregnant. <laughs> like, touch. It, it was like, okay, okay, I won't go anywhere near them. Yeah, exactly. Just even touch them. Yeah. So yeah, very cut. Catholic house, very strict house because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the school I went to. So I went to a convent school. Oh. We were brought up by nuns there. Um, and then when I actually went into secondary school, that was a mixed school. It was a community mixed school, oh. which was nice. It was refreshing. But then I actually transferred in my fourth year then to another school, which was, again, run by nuns for the fifth and the sixth year. And it was all girls as well. So I kind of got a mix of... When I was younger, very Catholic, all girls school. Then I got kind of a taste of like the wildlife and then back into. <laughs> when did you start shifting? <laughs> <laughs> shifting. <laughs> For those who don't know, shifting is like, w- w- is it kissing in Ireland? Well, there's so many terms. So there's shifting, there is meeting, okay. there's um, jagging was a term. Yeah, I know. Like it's wow. so confusing. <laughs> yeah. I remember when And I that's first just kissing. It. That's just kissing. Oh. Yeah, that's just oh. French kissing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that started early, or how do you, like, because you went to a Catholic school, you said. So when did, it, was it secondary school that shifting and jagging? That's just terrible. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. It was actually the secondary school. So once I had broke free from the convent into that community <laughs> school full of boys, it wasn't my first year. So first year would have been about 13, but it was in my second year that um, the shifting began. <laughs> but actually, um, 
it was at a disco and everybody would have gone to the disco. It's called Ga Disco. So everybody goes there with the intention to to meet somebody, to to to, to shift. You know? <laughs> and was that an early age? Yeah, it would have been about 14. Oh, okay. So not not too, too early. Yeah, no, no, no. But okay. um, so the first guy I kissed actually was my boyfriend for a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of how boys started getting introduced introduced to our house so you brought him home did your family know you had a boyfriend he, not really he was just a friend because he actually grew up with or he was friends with other with with guys who my my mom knew their parents so it was kind of easier oh. you know we would never hold hands or anything like nothing but they'd all be in my house as a group of them yeah. so there was boys and girls and it would all be a group hanging out but me and him knew you know, that we were, like, Okay, so shifting. secret secret boyfriend. Yeah, secret, okay. secret boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so if your parents had known, what would the consequences be? Like, switch schools, um, go no-no, <laughs> grounded. Did you guys get grounded in Ireland? Oh, yeah. You'd okay. get grounded. You'd get slapped. You'd get oh. your stuff taken away from you. <laughs> I remember, actually, one time that my boyfriend... Or it was either my boyfriend or his friend had sent, like, these very naughty texts <laughs> to my phone. Like, really naughty, like, really bad. And um, my mom went through my phone and found them, found the texts. And, yeah, I got absolutely murdered. And the thing is, that they weren't for me. I think they were just, like, a joke that, like, and then they had sent it to me. But my mom had gone through and she had looked at them. And I don't really remember at the time, but I think I probably would have been, like, not allowed out for a little bit. Oh, okay. I mean, I even remember another time I had Cosmopolitan magazine. Oh. <laughs> and um, I also had a American exchange student over for about two weeks. And I had got my room all ready for her so that she could stay there. And I was like, oh, I'll put out the Cosmo magazine because she's American. And she, <laughs> you know, she'll feel right at home. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and um, so she left after the two weeks and my mom... I don't like that girl. It's like, why, mom? She's like, she reads Cosmo. There's so many things about sex in there. I was like, oh, geez, if she found out that was mine. <laughs> She'll find out now. <laughs> She'll find out now, yeah. yeah. Sorry, mom's mine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how did that make you feel? I think that parents have a way of making you feel guilty for their beliefs that aren't necessarily your beliefs, mm -hmm. but because you were raised by them, they just expect you to um, have the same beliefs. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard to kind of grow out of it. Um, frick, it took me forever to grow out of it, but then I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that I, I, not, I don't talk to her about certain things, mm -hmm. you know, and... Yeah, like even as an adult, I, I avoid certain topics. Yeah. I doubt she'll be listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so how did that shape you as a person and your relationship with your with your family and yourself? So with my family, so with my mom, it would have been, 
I would have kept secrets from her. I would have kept all the secrets from her. As mm -hmm. many as I could, I would keep. Mm -hmm. um, just not to get me in trouble because just like you're saying, you know, her beliefs or at least her mindset or at least what she had known to be true. Plus the fear of the shame of it all, I guess. Yes, the shame. Yes. The shame. <laughs> what would the neighbors say? Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's a little bit of that in it too. So kept a lot of secrets from her. My dad is my confidant you know he oh. would know absolutely everything about me like even the deep dark ones you know he'd oh. so I was lucky in that sense that I could go to him if there was ever any trouble or if I needed to express something to him or or whatever yeah. so it was a lovely balance and I got super lucky oh, with that that yeah. is really lucky mm -hmm. I definitely did not have that no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I was just so scared of my mom <laughs> yeah and the shame, absolutely the shame. And so, how did how did that grow? And how did how did you kind of come out of it? Have you, do you confide in her now? Uh, I wouldn't for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, she. I think she definitely wants to open up the conversations about different topics a lot more than I would because I'm just not used to it. I'm like, okay, all of a sudden now that I'm an adult, you want to talk about sex? Well, no. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like, Weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. What are you on about? You know, even like living with my boyfriend like that was that was a big deal for her you know mm. so being able to you know she tried to bring up the topic of like and what do you use I'm like what do you mean what do I use plus <laughs> that's none of your business ever yeah um so yeah I it didn't really grow out of it with her um and if anything so I'm the eldest of three sisters so I've got two younger sisters <laughs> and that didn't it didn't translate to us where we could be open with each other about anything to do with sexuality or what we were experiencing mm. so we all lived very very separate lives you know when it came to going through puberty when it came to anything to do with sexuality girlfriends boyfriends whatever we were super secret we barely tell each other like we talk about everything else but when it came to that it was a closed door it just would never be talked about really mm -hmm. well do you think that was tough in your relationship with your sisters i maybe maybe it was but because you don't i wouldn't know any different it, it wasn't like mm. tough a struggle but when i would you know, you'd see on movies or you'd see other, you know, my friends talking to their sisters really openly or even their moms openly about different topics. And I'm like, I would never in a month of Sundays ever bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Catholic come now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever bring, ever, ever bring up those topics with my sisters. Like now it's, it's different now we kind of, but we would never just go out of our way to yeah, talk yeah. about anything like that. That's so funny. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> now I just like, hey, it's my sister. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> and does she like tell you as well? No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. But I know she's had sex because I have a niece. <laughs> oh. oh, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. At least once. <laughs> Unless she's the, you know, the new Mary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> She'll combust too if she goes into church. No, actually, she won't. <laughs> um, so how did how did your your relationship with yourself evolve? Because it is I, like I I'm not as religious, but I definitely felt shame, especially after the first time I've done it. I'm very secretive about it, and then and then it just. Yeah, continued after that. <laughs> it's still going. I mean, no, it's not. <laughs> Whatever you want, take whichever. <laughs> yeah. Born again virgin. <laughs> so how did your relationship with yourself change? 
It was gradual and over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, like the way I could describe it is just imagine you're a bird in a cage and then all of a sudden the door is open and you're flying out there and you're just like, oh, this is the world. This is yeah. everything I ever wanted. So it was a combination of me driving, me finishing high school, me breaking up with a long-term boyfriend. I had a boyfriend at that time as well, oh. or we had split up yeah. um, and starting university and I had a friend as well who lived in the city. Mm-hmm. So all City like Dublin? Oh sorry, in Cork. Oh okay, sorry in Cork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we I just, you know, it was went hell for leather really. <laughs> <laughs> and you were young. Or yeah. like 20 years. So that would have been 19. Ooh. Yeah, 19. 19, yeah. you know, not like not having to go home to mom and dad every night because oh it's a student night or you know I'm staying in my friend's house you no need to worry um and it was about a it was about three years of just plain partying and I look back on it now and maybe it was a little bit self-sabotaging mm-hmm. but I also look back on it and be, and kind of recognize it as a point of time in my life that I had to go through mm-hmm. you know just like you let that bird go the bird's going to start flapping its wings and going everywhere it can absorbing all the attention having a really good time um, but then slowly the bird starts to realize okay you know <laughs> calm down a little bit you don't have to keep flying all the time so you get too tired you get tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, it okay. was, uh, it was yeah. that right. I think, um, and then like, do you ever go back home after university or college? Yeah. So I went to live in Barcelona for a year uh-huh. in my third year of college. Um, yeah. and that was, I think kind of the peak of me really exploring, really getting out there in the world, um, and seeing lots of things, experiencing lots of things. Coming into your own. Coming to my own for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's like the confidence that you've built in yourself exploring the world that you're able to kind of release some of the shame that came from from growing up super religious? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're on your own, you see things differently because you're not constantly guided by someone telling you, no, no, that's wrong or, you know, look away or mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing or get back home. It's after 12 so you really are put out there on your own on your and and you make your own decisions you can kind of see who's kind of good for you who's not good for you Mm. so yeah definitely it's something that you you that I it was a catalyst for me to to really understand a little bit the world a bit better but at the same time I was still young and I was still you know (laughs) exploring (laughs) it's a nice way to say it (laughs) I, I did it backwards I was in a long-term relationship for 13 years in my 20s. Mm-hmm. So now that we broke up at early 30s, I've just been exploring mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the world and many other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so you kind of come into your own. And when did you decide to kind of, you know, be like, it's time for me to sell some sex toys? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, exploring can can you know the benefits of it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so with um with setting up Esmeralda SOS 
so like a quick story for you. I wouldn't have ever gone into a sex shop in Ireland. Number one, the shame of it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there two. even one in Ireland? <laughs> there's one. Okay, like the red light district <laughs> yeah. of Dublin? There's one. There's a queue at the door. But okay. <laughs> no, there, there's a couple, but they're very grimy looking. Like they're mm. not attractive at all whatsoever. And that was actually the basis of Esmeralda SOS. Whenever I thought of sex toys, whenever I went to even Google, you know, what's a vibrator or like, what do they do? You know, you're confronted with images of like big dragon dildos. Not that there's anything wrong with those yeah. or like, you know, butt plugs and all this kind of thing. And it's, it's, it can be a little bit hardcore, yeah. almost a little bit overwhelming for someone who doesn't or has never even had a toy before. Yeah. And then that kind of distracts from really what a sex toy can offer you as part of your life, as part yes. of a you know, your wellness in, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so creating Esmeralda SOS was a an opportunity to create an environment that would be encouraging, warm, um, and for people to recognize that you can embrace it as a very natural part of life, you know, mm-hmm. exploring your body, having fun with the partner, having fun with multiple partners, all with all with toys at hand that also offer many benefits. Mm-hmm. One of the things as well that has come out from me starting as Merle SOS is that I've totally changed my perspective when it comes to masturbation. You know, you think of masturbation, oh yeah, it feels good, you know, but it's actually such an amazing tool if you're stressed out or mm-hmm. if you just kind of want to take the edge off or, and, and really that's what I found it really useful for. It's like a great way to, you know, relax, just chill out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Esmeralda SOS is an environment where, yeah, sex is fun, pleasure is fun, but it's actually quite beneficial if you look at it a different way. Mm-hmm. Like health-wise. Health-wise, like, exactly. Yeah. Wellness-wise. And that's not something that you we were ever taught. You no. Know? <laughs> oh, God, the shame no. of even looking at your body, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And judging your body sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. That's an internal thing. No one ever taught you that. That's just <laughs> your own thing, right? <laughs> but, like, I don't think... I grew up thinking that if I showed my boobs a little bit or had a low shirt or wore something... You know, funny, today I'm wearing a sheer shirt, sheer top. And when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, is this appropriate for work? I'm like, fuck it. Like, I just wear a cardigan on top of it. And I'm like, yeah, work appropriate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I feel better about myself that I get to be able to express myself. Yes, I was given boobs and a big butt, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and back when I was a kid, like showing too much skin or like showing a bit of your boobs, like it makes you quote unquote slutty. Mm -hmm. And we were taught to body shame ourselves, but no one's ever taught us to be that sexuality was a good thing Mm -hmm. and it has health benefits and confidence booster. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so out of starting all of your, your business and and all that jazz. What is what do you tell women? Because I know you you post these things on be the goddess. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so encouraging. Um, so what are the benefits that you've you've learned by starting your own business and the benefits of masturbation for women and and these toys? Do you call them toys? Pleasure. Pleasure gifts, pleasure equipment. Yeah, well, you know what? Funny that you say that, actually, because at the start of Esmeralda SOS, I actually wanted to deviate from toys, oh, like, altogether. I I was 
you know, telling myself these are wellness devices. And then I kind of change it to these are pleasure and wellness devices. So, and then I I was even kind of thinking as gadgets, you know, would, does the word gadget turn you on? I really don't think it does. So <laughs> let's not go with gadgets. So I was almost steering away from saying that they were toys, but in actual fact, it's actually just better to embrace what they are. They are toys. Yeah. They're toys for adults. Yeah. You know, the the idea is with the toy, you have fun and you're going to have fun with, with the toys, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, they're they're definitely toys. And, and what I've learned from it is that we are at a really exciting time for female, female and male, but female specifically embracing what it is our bodies can do, yeah. what it is that our minds can do, all when we take back the power from the shame, from the taboo, from the, you know, the world around us that, oh, you're showing skin? Mm-mm, we don't like that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, you're indulging in, you know, exploration? Mm-mm, we don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of taking back that power and say, well, yeah, I'm a human. I, first and foremost, I'm a human and I've got a right to be here. And I also have a right to experience this life however I want to. And that includes pleasure. Mm-hmm. That includes seeking it out and doing it my way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we have needs and wants as well, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I know uh, during the Me Too movement, there was always these um, comments of people like, um, you wear that, so like you wear a short skirt to show skin so you can grab attention. That's a load of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, who's ever said that? Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but... I wear these things because I feel good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, sure, maybe some attention, but not unwanted attention. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, you know, I, I feel confident in this. I feel confident in my skin. Mm-hmm. I feel confident that I can flaunt it, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and I can show it off as much as I want. Men can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We don't judge men, mm-hmm. you know, to taking off their shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we embrace that. It's... Somehow that's part of the culture. But if uh, if we women take off our shirts and show a little nipple, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, you know, well, this is what, you know, judgment comes out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, by society, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and it's like, oh, they she, she wants attention. Mm-hmm. But when men do it, no one ever says, oh, they want attention. He's just hot. So he's like taking off all his layers of clothes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What you were saying there when you see a guy and his shirt's off, you know, you wouldn't even take a second glance really these days. And then if you see a girl, me naturally, and this is just being honest as a girl, you, you, I almost have to catch myself because it's that programming of judging a girl who's showing anything, judging a girl who's super confident in herself, mm-hmm. judging a girl, like basically filling in the gaps where I don't need to mm-hmm. or I'm making presumptions. You know, I do have to catch myself. And part of that is a bit, being a little bit of the girl, but also part of that is what what I've been used to, the messages that I've always been hearing, you know, growing up, growing up mm-hmm. when you're younger, you know, yeah. if you're going out there and meeting lots of men, like, the first reaction in your mind is like, oh, what a S-L-U-T. Mm-hmm. But even like, even the word slut, like that, that's a label on its own. It, it, does it even exist? Is there an, a slut equivalent for a man? No. 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 Mm-hmm. Male ho. But you have to say <laughs> but male. But that sounds fun. Male ho. Yeah. No, there isn't a, a, a word that's equivalent to a man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I totally agree. Even now though, like... 
um, one of my friends, I was like, oh, yeah, dating this or seeing this new guy. I went on a couple of dates with this new guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, every time I see you, you're with a new guy. I'm like, so? <laughs> Lucky me, eh? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I can't help it that I meet people randomly. I'm just myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And your point? Yeah. And then he just couldn't say anything. He's like, nothing's my point. And I was like, you're judging me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, and you just caught yourself that why the hell am I judging her? But if it was a dude, it, yeah. it'd be okay. Yeah. He's like, go, go, go man. You yeah. know? Exactly. Yeah. But I'm female and it's a big de- deal. Mm-hmm. Why is it a big deal? Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like a, I'm, I'm a good person. And so it's like, why is it a big deal? Because I'm female mm-hmm. being seeing different men and it not it not working out mm-hmm. and then seeing a different man a month or two months later you know and it, mm-hmm. it that that still bought it still bothered me and i think it'll bother a lot of people for a while mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. we're raised totally different girls and boys like completely different you know when i was younger you know in american pie there's this scene <laughs> where um you know, he's masturbating into a pie. Yes. And like, it's the funniest thing ever. He he ha ha ha. And all this. And yeah, okay, it's definitely funny. But there was never a narrative for girls when it comes to touching themselves or yeah. or anything like that. So even from your own relationship with your body, it was a totally different message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that translates then into how the female associates then with everybody else around her whereas the male yeah celebrated high fives all around and that's one thing that actually I struggled with when I was in university in Cork um in the first year was I was doing the same things that the boys were doing you know they had lists so I said okay I'm going to create my list Mm -hmm. but yeah my list was the most shameful list that there could ever exist and theirs was almost nearly framed yeah Oh, a hundred percent. You know, the funny you say that because I still kind of get that now. Like mm-hmm. with some of my girlfriends and stuff, like we talked about our lists or whatever. And yeah, mine was a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and I was like, oh yeah, I think that's about it. I'm like, I think. And then they're like, well, like since I've known you and they've only known me for like four years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, this is like overall. They're like, that's just like since I've known you. <laughs> and I'm just like, are you joking or are you judging me? Mm-hmm. A part of me, because I'm so you, I think they were joking. Actually, I know they were joking. But mm-hmm. part of me, because I was so used to people judging me, mm-hmm. was like, they're judging me. Mm-hmm. And then I started feeling shameful about myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I am confident in my body. I'm confident in myself. So why can't I just flaunt it? Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. then I was like, and they weren't judging me at all. When I look back at it now, they totally weren't. They were just teasing me. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe that came with a part of judgment. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But um, but I definitely like, I was like, yeah, I have a list too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit longer. But, <laughs> but a whole lot of stories. <laughs> a whole lot of stories. <laughs> a whole lot of fun mm-hmm. right and for us women to come out and say that and be proud of it mm-hmm. um at first I definitely was hesitant about it and I think these past couple years of I'm just like fuck yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah you stop like once you stop believing the labels that society's giving you like once you release yourself from even caring because really at the end of the day 
what anyone else thinks about you is not your business. You know, no. it's really how you think about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes then that slut shaming or the judgment. And the judgment, as you're saying, it, it probably didn't come from a bad place, but it came from a place where they had learned mm-hmm. that you exploring was taboo. Yeah. Or it wasn't the norm. Exactly. And I think it has a lot to do with how we grew up as well, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I had to kind of like release and break up with those thoughts and patterns that was p- tried to be passed on to me by how my mother grew up mm-hmm. and, you know, and how our family was. And as much as I love them and I respect that they have their opinions and their their lives, mm-hmm. I cannot live something that I don't believe. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I felt really like I didn't really feel like myself trying to continue those beliefs mm-hmm. you know and then when I, as soon as I opened up my mind and released myself and literally broke up with that those patterns I just felt more like myself and mm-hmm. I felt more exploratory and yes I think the the judgment will continue mm-hmm. and I always find that if we let those judgment boggle in our mind then that's when we lose ourselves and that's when we lose our confidence and that's when we don't explore and have fun Mm -hmm. with their sexuality Mm -hmm. um and also i'm a true believer that people who judge have zero self-awareness or or need to kind of look into like why am i judging this person that i number one i don't even know Mm -hmm. number two um if if i knew them like why am i trying to change their life Mm -hmm. to 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 say what i believe is right Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and um so when you started this Esmeralda, that's sexy, by the way. <laughs> um, um, so when you started it, what did your family think? Yeah, so it wasn't as dramatic as I thought it'd be. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the, the images and the thoughts we put in our minds, right? Mm-hmm. Not reality. Not reality. But actually, the, so this was a thing for me. Being able to tell them and them knowing exactly what I was going to be investing my time and energy into and then being able to put myself and the brand out there as best as I possibly could. By me telling them, it didn't matter if the whole world hated the idea. As long as they were okay with it and they knew exactly what it was, I felt, okay, now I'm truly am released. It, now everything's almost come full circle where in never in a million years would they have thought that I would have started a company like this, but they understand it from the point of view that I'm, you know, working with it in. Yeah. And and with them knowing it's, it's you know, it would have been worse if I had held this a secret or if this was a secret from them, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. then there would, then there is that shame that I'm trying to steer away from. There is that, um, but this is all about breaking up with that shame, breaking up with the past, evolving. Evolving. And moving in, Yeah, moving into the future. And the future is really understanding and recognizing that we are humans and as humans we have needs and in the technical technology era, era that we're in why not utilize toys as as part of that so yeah it wasn't a dramatic scene or anything like that there wasn't tears i wasn't banished it was, it was <laughs> oh, 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 oh. sorry sorry 
right. <laughs> it's definitely just more of a, a lovely weight off my shoulders. What did you expect your parents or your mom specifically to say? Um, what are you doing? Are you crazy, you clown? <laughs> yeah. And what did she actually say? She's like, okay. I, you know, I think she was more concerned about like the money side of it. <laughs> she just, just the, you know, the, the Mexican in her came out to me like, how much are you, how much are you investing in this? Da, 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 da. Yeah. So it was more, it was more that, you know. And then the more I started describing to her, it's not sex toys like you think, mom. It's it's sex toys differently. There's like there's a story to tell. Like there is many women who need to need to know about toys you know they're they're different to what we think mm-hmm. and she's like okay okay <laughs> she's like but don't put all your money into it <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah, yeah. just kind of like okay i mean i'm the eldest and not that there's i guess i've been a good el- uh, older sister you know i i haven't really deviated too much from the path of which they wanted for me graduate you know get a job have a you know have a nice life mm-hmm. um so this is kind of like it could be a little bit different they're they're probably just like okay if she feels confident about it then you know let's just support her as a family would mm-hmm. um another thing as well is that my granny passed away last year mm. and i think and it sounds terrible but her no longer being around made this a little bit easier to start as well mm. my granny on my dad's side uh, like I love her forever um very holy very uh, yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. by the book everything mm-hmm. very conservative definitely the type of woman that would have judged other women mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. um and so with her passing away it's like well I have no one to be embarrassed about especially now if you know my family know then it's mm-hmm. it's it's totally fine now so no it, shame yeah no shame mm-hmm. no and and that's honestly the best growth as a a female and being able to not be ashamed in whatever you want to do with your body mm-hmm. right and I, I understand by the way like when I told my mom and my sister that I wanted to write blogs and, and do this podcast and I was like but what about your you're an architect Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i know <laughs> you're still gonna do that right <laughs> like yeah, yeah i know how much is this gonna cost yeah. i kind of lied a little bit for that oh, one you have to you have to because <laughs> <laughs> the equipment and the audio guys yeah mm-hmm. it's so expensive but <laughs> but yeah you know to to be able to do something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. um i think is quite important mm-hmm. and i think when you when you talk about the health benefits, the stress relief, like even like skin, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, not to get into too much detail, but like <laughs> TMI, TMI. <laughs> um, no such thing as TMI. <laughs> but like when you're actually sexually active, I feel like I'm glowing, mm-hmm. right? Well, your blood's pumping, so. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Circulation <laughs> exactly. is going. Gotta do it more often. <laughs> um, where's Brad Pitt when you need him? <laughs> well, there's Ron. <laughs> oh, is that one with the tons are called? That's what that one is. Oh, okay. Hello, Ron. Hello, Ron. Do you, you want to talk about some of the toys that you brought today? 
Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I brought along Ron, who's a clitoral stimulator. Oh. <laughs> Comfort, which is a love egg and Kegel ball. Charlotte, which is a hot favorite. <laughs> oh. She's a mini vibe. And then Key, which is also a clitoral stimulator, but just uh, a little bit more powerful and with a different function in between. With the clitoral stimulators especially, like that was a... You know, it's hot, like it's a, it's hot at the moment, clitoral stimulators, yeah. whereas before, you know, if you think of sex shop, you think of sex toys, you're kind of thinking, okay, a dildo. Yeah. Straight yeah. away. Yeah. Um, but the clitoral stimulators are very different, you know, they, because there's girls that, or there's women who like two different types of things. So either external pleasure or internal pleasure mm -hmm. and the majority of us, most of us actually prefer external pleasure. So everything mm -hmm. to do with the, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Everything to do with the clitoris, like mm -hmm. absolutely, you you take that over anything internally most days, every day kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we, uh, for me, a focus for the range on the brand was to have a nice mix of products mm -hmm. that would cater to both people who prefer external and people for who prefer internal. Mm -hmm. But with the clitoral suckers, they're just, you know, they're just something else. <laughs> These are very elegant to be honest, like do you, these are definitely not something you imagine um, that you would find in a sex toy. They, I feel like this is very elegant, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, yes, you're right. And like the sex toy, you think of like the big dildos, the rubber thing, woo, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. but these these are not that. Is that that was a I think a, a more conscious decision? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh. Um, the idea behind these toys was that they are. This looks like a like a pipe. <laughs> like you're just supposed to smoke it. Out of that. <laughs> How was your relationship with your boyfriend? Has it become stronger since this has been introduced? Well, you know what? When you when you start to talk about sex, when you start to talk about pleasure, you. You, you think about it more naturally. Yeah. So by thinking about it more and having more conversations, it's, you know, your imagination then starts kind of, um, you, you know, you're just, your imagination picks up. You just start kind of, kind of thinking, okay, well, what if we try this out or why don't we explore with this toy or, or that toy or whatever? So even by just having the conversations, you're kind of already getting into that mindset of, okay, let's, let's play around, let's fool around, let's do something a little bit different. So... If anything, it's just, I wouldn't say, oh, we're totally different people now that we have got toys, but it's a different element. Yeah. It's a different kind of, um, I'll, I say on the Esmeralda SOS page, it's like the sprinkles on top of your ice cream. Like, yes. like the sex is the ice cream, that's already good. But then the sprinkles on top is actually, you know, the toys that you can add to it. Yeah. Um, but really, having the toys in a relationship is fun, but these are these are my toys, you know, these are, yeah, yeah. these are more for me. Yes, you can actually play with them in a couple, but these are more what I would turn to if I was having a night in alone yeah. or like if I was kind of stressed out and I just needed to chill out for a minute Yeah. or if I was just bored and <laughs> had nothing else to do, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. definitely a couple's toy, but more so a toy for you, for me, for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I, I have this in my imagination in my mind that, um, that guys get offended if you use a toy instead of them as the toy. Mm -hmm. But I think you can do both. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> even talking about it, I think that's kind of foreplay a little bit, mm-hmm. right? You, when you talk about it, you kind of get aroused mm-hmm. in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it it benefits for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There was a there's a really good TED talk actually on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it was I I'm so bad with names and remembering all the facts and stuff like that, but the gist of it was this lady had set up different workshop groups Mm. for women to meet and talk about their sexuality, their experiences, both current and past. The idea was that they wouldn't give advice to each other. They would just listen and talk. Mm. And they have found that over the course of time of these women meeting, each of their sex lives actually improved just Mm. because they were talking about it. So, you know, when you start to think about that, you're like, okay, that makes sense because who would I have talked about this stuff with before? Because it wasn't my sister, Mm -hmm. you know, and definitely wasn't my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And with my girlfriends at home, it wasn't really a a huge, massive topic conversation. You know, you talk about sleeping with boys and this, that and the other, but you'd never talk about your own, you know. Experience. Your own experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's like a belief that girls don't experience pleasure like boys do but we actually experience it a lot better than than they do yeah Uh, but more than anything like girls women definitely do know how to have fun when it comes to the bedroom and if anything their minds are I don't want to say the word dirty but it just sounds better our minds are maybe even a lot more dirtier than you know your boyfriends or the couple that you're with so yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> by you by you speaking up and talking and like saying different things, I'd say a lot of people are like, oh, but you would definitely not be the only one thinking like that. <laughs> exactly. I just have the, you know, the courage to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, at first when I used to just keep it in or like say something, I would feel ashamed about it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, fuck it. If ever like dudes say it all the time, they're just not used to say, have, hearing it from a female. Mm-hmm. And that I think... I think where we are now in society, I think that's changing. Mm -hmm. And I think most people, yeah, sometimes I'm a little bit vulgar about it. (laughs) Maybe that's why people are uncomfortable. To someone's taste, but maybe not to everyone's or vice versa. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe I should read the crowd first. (laughs) It's not like my mom and her friends. (laughs) Definitely not. Not in front of my uncles or family, for sure not. Well, where can our listeners, um, do you have a YouTube? No, you have Instagram. Do you have Facebook? Yes, we have Facebook, Esmeralda SOS. We have an Instagram, at SOS Esmeralda. We also have a Twitter. And then I definitely will be adding more to the YouTube Okay. Um, they're doing these things now called YouTube Shorts, which is basically like another like version of TikTok, another version of Reels. But the great thing about YouTube is that I'll be able to actually talk about the toys, advertise the toys, explain their benefits. On TikTok, it's completely a no-go zone. Mm. Um, you can't talk about pleasure. You can't talk about anything to do with adult pleasure toys. Even on Instagram as well, it's pretty regulated that way. And I understand that's to protect the audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on YouTube, there's a lot more freedom mm-hmm. for to discuss it. It's probably younger audiences on Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. than it does in YouTube. Probably YouTube's like a certain age, you can't search certain things. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah, well, thank you for joining me today. Thank um, you. And... Yeah. Thank you so much.
welcome to this episode's reflection section. That was such an interesting conversation with B. I really enjoyed it. There are so many topics that we had discussed that I can easily talk about in this section um, that we can break up with as a society, as an individual, gender specific terms for men and women who are in tune with their sexual desires. Let's actually talk about the gender specific terms. B and I talked about the word slut and being called a slut. And uh, we couldn't think about what the male version of the word slut is. And I had to do... I had to do a little digging and it's player. Even the dictionary, okay? Merriam Webster dictionary on Google, okay? The definition of slut is disparaging and offensive. A promiscuous person, someone who has many sexual partners, usually used of a woman, okay? That's the dictionary, okay? And look, player or player there's a lot, obviously a lot of definitions of player like a person who plays a game makes sense but we're gonna go to definition f or less commonly player u.s slang a person and especially a man who has many lovers okay and their example handsome and well-paid professional keith 35 chose to be a player Juggling a series of relatively brief and sometimes overlapping intimate relationships with women. Playa doesn't have, it doesn't say derogatory or it doesn't say, what's, what's it? It doesn't say offensive to it. Um, but the word slut, it says offensive. So why is it that we use an offensive word for a woman who has many sexual partners and could have them overlapping intimate relationships that may or may not be just purely physical. Humans have a sexual desire. Humans have sexual needs and sexual wants. Not men have sexual desires. Not men have sexual needs. Not men have sexual wants. Humans, people, female and men have the same sexual drive. Well, give or take, different levels, obviously, but it's innate in us. It's, it's human nature to have that drive. So if I decide to have, you know, or if I decide to juggle a series of relative brief and sometimes overlapping intimate relationships with men, why am I called a slut? Because I'm female? Bullshit. I deserve having a physical relationship without any emotions because that's what I want because it satisfies my sexual desires and wants. And women should be okay with that. They deserve what they want, of course, with consent. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> um, and, and not be shamed for it. And women's worth and people's worth are not determined in how they decide to use their bodies. Companies like Esmeralda SOS and people like B are changing that narrative when it comes to women and females and expressing their sexual desires and sexual needs, whether it's through masturbation, whether it's playing with pleasure toys um, with their partners, that narrative is changing. And it's unfortunate that it's 2022 and that narrative of, or that shaming of females and calling them sluts is still around. It's, 
it's sad. So kudos to B for putting such a positive spin into um, number one, pleasuring yourself, number two, exploring your body, and number three, and being in tune with your sexual desires and your sexual wants and needs, um, especially when it comes to females. So thank you for that, as uh, B. And the other topic and the main topic that we talked about was religion and how religion, I think B talked about, she grew up thinking that <laughs> she's standing beside a boy, <laughs> um, she would get pregnant <laughs> and it was such a no-no. And so maybe it's not even just about religion. Maybe it's just how we're raised. Uh, I, I definitely grew up very similar, maybe not as strict as B, but similar beliefs that my mom had with being a Roman Catholic and being Filipino. I didn't wasn't allowed to have boyfriends <laughs> uh, until I was 18 and only have sex with a person I get married to. Um, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, but I think we need to, it's not even, it doesn't even come up down to religion. It comes to things that we were taught when we were younger, which may not align with us and our identities as adults. We need to let go of what we were taught that we may or that we don't agree with and and not be ashamed of it and be okay with it and understand that our identities as individuals and adults are not determined by what our parents believes, what our parents believed when we were younger and what we were taught when we were younger. Of course, there's things that we really do identify with and um, have known with and feel aligned with, and that's okay, and that's a good thing. But if what we were taught to be right or wrong through a religion doesn't necessarily mean that it is right or wrong for ourselves. And so I'm not harping on any religion out there. I'm not harping on our parents' beliefs I'm saying that we have to change or we have to decide what we want as adults. So we're changing our own mindsets and deciding what we were taught aligns with who we are today. And if it doesn't, it's okay to change that narrative. It's okay to go in a different direction. And it doesn't make you less of a person. It doesn't make you a terrible, it doesn't mean that you're gonna go to hell. Um, <laughs> or wherever your religion takes you in the afterlife. It just means that you're being authentic and you're being genuine to you. So check out B and Esmeralda SOS. All her information will be on the write-up in the podcast and on our website. I'm going to leave you with this. Be honest with your words, be kind with your actions, be fearless with your heart, and be brave enough to be vulnerable. Thank you for listening. Lots of love. Mm-hmm.